preaching text is from Matthew 28:16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed him. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we have come to the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 28, these last four verses uh, that we have today, these are the very last four verses in the Gospel of Matthew. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, they contain this uh, saying of Jesus, this instruction of Jesus called the Great Commission. This is called the Great Commission because it is the mission that Jesus gives to his disciples, his closest followers, and it is the mission that they then carry into the uh, formation of the church and all the way throughout the millennia down to us today. Go, therefore, Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to keep everything which I have commanded you. This is the mission of the church, to go to make disciples by baptizing, by teaching. This is what we have been sent out to do, and not just of one nation, but of all nations, of all the world, of all humanity. Now, it may seem like we've maybe skipped a little bit, because last week we just heard about Jesus being resurrected, uh, and he appeared to the women in the garden. We, we heard about that. Uh, and he told them to go and tell the disciples he's going to meet them in Galilee. And then all of a sudden, here we are. They're on a mountain with Jesus in Galilee. And uh, we're at the end of the gospel. Uh, it seems to be over. And we did skip a few verses. But the only thing that happened in those few verses that we skipped between last week and this week was uh, the guards at the tomb were bribed uh, to say that they fell asleep so that the disciples stole his body to start spreading that story around. The uh, Jewish uh, temple leadership had bribed them to do this. And if you think about all of the Easter stories that you know, that we know, it may seem a little surprising. Because, I mean, think about what resurrection appearances do we know about uh, from the other Gospels? Well, remember when the disciples were locked in that room, right? On that Sunday, that first Easter, and Jesus appears to them and he says, peace be with you. Uh, he teaches them that they can forgive sins. Uh, a week later, he appears to Thomas in that same room. You remember this. Thomas wasn't there the first time, and he appears to Thomas, and he shows him his wounds, and Thomas believes. Or uh, Luke's gospel tells us a story of these two disciples on the way to a village called Emmaus. They're leaving Jerusalem. Uh, they've heard that maybe there's rumors that Jesus is alive, but they don't really believe it. Uh, they're leaving sadly. And suddenly there's this traveler that joins them on the road. Uh, and it turns out it's Jesus, but they don't recognize him. And so they are uh, talking with him and he's teaching them. And finally they invite him in for dinner. And when he breaks the bread, it says their eyes were open. They recognize him in the breaking of the bread. And then he vanishes and they run all the way back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples. But Matthew just tells this one story, this one story of the disciples already in Galilee, not in Jerusalem anymore, up in Galilee on this mountain that Jesus has told them. And, uh, or, and Jesus here speaks to them and then the gospel ends. We don't hear about an ascension. Uh, we don't hear about breakfast uh, that Jesus makes for them. We hear this in John tw chapter 21. It's a wonderful story. If you haven't read that one, go and read that one. Uh, 
and it just seems a little bit abrupt, doesn't it? For whatever reason, Matthew has decided to uh, condense everything that happens after the resurrection into this one little story of the disciples receiving this commission from Jesus. I think probably Matthew knows he's not going to be writing anymore. Maybe he's run out of papyrus or ink or steam. I'm not sure. Uh, But he knows he's not going to be writing another uh, book, another explanation. Uh, And so he wants to get the most important thing in right now, which is go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them. Luke, if you remember, the writer of the Gospel of Luke, he writes another book. We call it Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Luke uh, spends a lot of time, actually, talking about how the church comes to figure out that their mission is not just to Jerusalem, not just to Israel, not just to the Jewish people, but also to all nations. In fact, next week we will hear a story from Acts chapter 10 uh, where this is beginning to be reasoned out. Is this for Gentiles as well, or maybe just Gentiles if they become Jewish first, or how does this whole thing work? And the church had a lot of debates about this. Matthew, I think, knows he's not going to write about that, so he just wants to get to the conclusion right now and show that this goes back to Jesus, that this is for all the nations. And so he condenses everything down into these four verses. Now, We've been in Matthew for several months, so maybe it shouldn't be a surprise to us that at the center of the mission of the church, at the center of Jesus' teachings, at least as far as Matthew wants to focus, is that they are sent, the disciples are sent to go to all the nations. If you remember way back in December, when we first uh, entered into uh, Matthew's gospel, and we heard uh, the very first thing that happens in Matthew's gospel, which is a genealogy. It traces the ancestry of Jesus. And Matthew's genealogy is unusual because it includes uh, four or five, four, I think, women uh, in the early part of Jesus' genealogy, all of whom are foreign women. Not one of them are Israelites. He includes Tamar, uh, uh, who a uh, story you can read in Genesis 38. He includes Rahab, who was a resident in Jericho, who housed uh, these spies that, came, that were hiding in Jericho when the Israelites came in, first came into the land. Uh, he includes uh, Ruth, the Moabite. Uh, we know the story of Ruth. Uh, there's a book of Ruth in the Old Testament about her, uh, the great-grandmother of King David. Uh, he includes uh, Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, who we don't know her nationality, but it seems quite likely she wasn't Israelite. Uh, And uh, from uh, this adulterous affair where David takes, the King David takes Bathsheba for himself and has her husband murdered to cover it up uh, from her and David come Solomon. And this is where the line of Jesus is. Matthew starts by including these nations in the ancestry of Jesus. And then do you remember who the first visitors to Jesus are in Matthew's gospel. Luke tells of shepherds the night of Jesus's birth. Matthew doesn't tell about shepherds. He tells about some others who come from the east, the magi, these foreigners who have been looking at the stars for a sign. And wouldn't you know it? God gives them a sign in the stars that they understand. And they go to see where is this one who has been born a king. Now, Matthew's not making this up. This mission to the nations is from the very beginning. It's all throughout the Bible. Remember when we heard the call of Abraham? What was Abraham called to be? He was called to be blessed so that all the families, all the nations of the earth would be blessed in him. Those who bless you, I will bless, or uh, God says to Abram. 
Later in the prophets, we see this again and again, that Israel is a light to the nations, that the nations will come to Israel, that Israel will be God's representatives to the nations. In Exodus, when God is uh, creating this people of Israel, when he's forming them out of these slaves of Egypt into these children of Israel who will go and possess the land, he says, you will be a kingdom of priests for me for the sake of the nations of the earth. All the time God has been choosing Israel has been working so that all of the nations of the earth will be brought to him. So that he will be brought to all the nations of the earth. And Matthew is so clear that in Jesus Christ this has now come to fulfillment. That God's election of a particular people, of a particular nation, has come to its fulfillment in Jesus Christ so that now... In this commission, the church is a church for all nations, not just for Israel, not just for the United States, but for all nations. Now, this is a big commission. I mean, go make disciples of all the nations. This is a big job. And the church has been busy, uh, sometimes more busy than others, for the past two millennia trying to do just this. There have been missionaries in all sorts of nations. In fact, all of us here are the results of this mission. That at some point in the past, people came to the nations where our ancestors were, and they preached this gospel, and some believed. And it has been passed down through the generations to us today. It's such a big job, and it seems that we're just... It's hard to imagine that we could be able to fulfill it adequately. I mean, are we really worthy of receiving this commission? Look at the people who Jesus gives this commission to initially. The 11 disciples, they go to Galilee. They go to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. But when they saw him, it says, they worshipped him. And our translation says, but some doubted. It's actually ambiguous in the Greek. Another way that you could translate this, and I like this better, although both work. When they saw him, they worshipped him and they doubted. Jesus gives this commission, this mission, to a group of disciples who are worshiping and wavering all at the same time. Jesus gives this commission, this mission, to a group of people who clearly are not up to the task. And if you remember reading through the gospel, uh, Matthew actually paints the disciples better than a lot of the other gospels do. These are not the people you really want to entrust this worldwide mission to. And yet here, Jesus does it to exactly them. I don't know about you, but I often, when I hear this great commission, I often feel as though I'm really not adequate to fulfill this mission. I really don't have the boldness to go uh, to all the nations and tell people about my faith. You know, our church has been busy uh, over these past few months. We've got these soap with the blessing boxes, uh, the uh, collection for the rummage sale that is building up in our fellowship hall. Uh, We have been busy, but even that seems so small compared to this commission, doesn't it? I mean, we worship. We're here worshiping, but often we're wavering also. I think that's why Jesus gives this commission with a promise. He doesn't just give a command and let them to go to it. He leaves them with a promise. Remember, he says, I am with you always to the completion of the age. 
I am with you always. What makes these disciples, these 11 worshiping and wavering, what makes them good recipients of this great commission? Is it their uh, fortitude, their personal strength, their charisma, their dedication? No, it is that Jesus is with them, that Jesus has chosen them, and that Jesus will continue to be with them to the completion of this work. What is it that makes you, us as a congregation, worthy recipients of this mission, of this commission to make disciples, to baptize, to teach? Is it our energy? Is it our faithfulness? Our charisma? No. It is that Jesus Christ has promised to be with us. That Jesus Christ, every Sunday, gives himself to us in, with his body and blood in the bread and the wine of communion. It is that Jesus Christ, in the waters of baptism, has claimed you and made you a promise and made you his own, so that wherever you go, you are now a bearer of God's gospel, whether you know it or not. It is that Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit have promised to be here and to work in ways that we could not begin to understand, to work in ways that we could not begin to perceive, to make disciples not only of all the nations out there, but also of us, miraculous as that seems. For Jesus Christ is with you. He has promised never to abandon you. He has promised to be with you to the completion of the age Jesus Christ has blessed you so that you can bless others. And Jesus Christ is faithful to fulfill his promise and to fulfill his mission through you. Amen.